Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis and psychedelics industries forward. This week, our hosts, Anna and Nick, are chatting with Scott Grossman, Vice President of Corporate Development for Turning Points Brand, a New York Stock Exchange-listed company, and a leading manufacturer, marketer, and distributor of branded consumer tobacco and cannabis products. Most well-known for their iconic brand, Zigzag Rolling Papers, Turning Point's brand has been making strategic investments into the cannabis space over the last couple of years as it establishes a foothold in the rapidly growing industry. And Nick sat down with Scott to discuss Turning Point's entry into the cannabis space, what he sees for the future of brands within the sector, how the company is preparing for new markets and federal legalization, and general consumer trends they've been following. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Scott Grossman. Scott Grossman, VP of Corporate Development for Turning Point Brands. We're so excited to have you here. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do at Turning Point? Sure. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so just quick overview, I lead corporate development at Turning Point Brands. Uh, Turning Point is a leading manufacturer and distributor of branded consumer products uh, focused on the active ingredient space. You know, my job, and I joined earlier this year, is predominantly focused on sourcing, evaluating, and executing uh, M&A and strategic initiatives, which today mostly touches many facets of the cannabinoid industry. Um, you know, in case you're not too familiar with Turning Point, we're a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange, our ticker is TPB, and we generate roughly about $450 million in revenue across three main segments that sells uh, across over 200,000 stores across the United States and Canada. Uh, the three segments, just really quickly, I'm sure we'll get to it, uh, clearly ZigZag, the ZigZag brand you know, is one of the most recognized and oldest cannabis brands or cannabis accessories brands, I should say, having been founded over 150 years ago. Uh, we have a commanding number one share in both rolling papers and wraps, and again, across the United States and Canada. We also own the Stokers brand, also a 70-year-old legacy brand. Uh, they are a leading player in the MST space, and we have a new gen portfolio, which is a combination of our vapor assets that sells both B2B and B2C. Um, and those all, that segment also houses a number of our cannabinoid initiatives and strategic investments that we've made over the past couple of years. And what for our listeners who may not know, can you talk about what is the MST space? The MST is the moist snuff tobacco space. So it's a dip. Got it. Y'all are a legacy tobacco brand. I, I mean, I think there's, uh, yeah, speaking of <laughs> speaking dip. Speaking of like, dip. <laughs> There's a lot of connections, obviously, there between, you know, tobacco, cannabis, I think, you know, smoking for the longest time. Zigzags obviously have a huge cultural um, influence over the cannabis space. Um, but it's, it's interesting to you now 
see you guys actually embracing the cannabinoid spaces and, and like with your role here, it sounds really interesting. And so I want to explore that more. So can you talk about the the way that you guys have been kind of embracing and transitioning towards cannabis and um, expand a little bit more on the strategic investments that you guys have made in that side? Yeah, sure. So, you know, our, you know, at a high level, we want to be leading across the active ingredient space. So to your point, our legacy is mostly in nicotine. Again, you mentioned stokers. You know, for the longest time, ZigZag has been focused on, you know, the, the rolling of tobacco. But the reality is it's it's always been used as a cannabis accessory. And as we think about this enormous, um, you know, tsunami coming across the country, um, you know, both corporate America and certainly Turning Point has embraced exactly what ZigZag uh, has done over the years. And because of our 200,000 points of distribution, like I mentioned, and the iconic heritage of ZigZag, we've just made a, a very pointed strategic uh, decision to further embed ourselves in the cannabinoid active space to not only strengthen and bolster our existing portfolio of brands and products, um, but get exposure to other uh, products within the cannabinoid space uh, just to strengthen um, the, the, the portfolio as, as we go forward. It really makes sense what you're doing. Uh, I think that, you know, if we think about some of the people who are, who would traditionally kind of be resistant to, to the cannabis industry, it is tobacco, it is alcohol, it is the pharmaceutical industry. Um, but there are brands that have come through, you know, kind of like, like turning point brands and said, you know, let's not fight this tide. Let's um, not hedge your bets, but maybe, you know, take it in another strategic direction because I don't know how many people are going to be dipping in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. And I don't mean to say that as like a dig on your product at all. It's just, I, you know, I can see more people, you know, smoking or, or using a, um, you know, a vape pen or popping a gummy, you know, so I have to imagine consumer trends are, have been a huge factor in why you guys have decided to embrace versus fight, fight the fight of some of these other yeah, no, it's 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 a great question, one that we get asked a lot. Um, I could probably answer that a couple of ways. Let me start by just the turning point perspective. Um, you know, number one, and I, I'm probably going to be sound like a broken record, um, but we own Zigzag. We know exactly who that customer is. Um, again, we have a 33% market share across the country. We see in the measured channels across the C-store suites, as well as the non-measured channels, whether it's head shops or dispensaries, the correlation of our products being sold in areas where legalization or state legalization is, is taking off. And so we know that our consumer has a, an affinity for, for cannabis. Um, we've embraced it. Obviously, we are a legal product today, um, but we clearly uh, support legalization uh, across the country. And I, I just, you know, today in 2021, in November of 2021, that's really just not a controversial statement anymore. Uh, Pew put out a, a great uh, statistic, I think a few months ago, where, you know, 90% of Americans want legal cannabis in some form, whether it's medical or rec. 
this is it today, I call it a $25 billion market. And, you know, what's really fascinating to me, and this maybe I can kind of talk to the big tobacco or the big pharma or the big alcohol or big CPG or big beauty. The reality is that one of the hardest things to do, regardless of what you're selling, is changing consumer behavior. And cannabis is one of those products that's been in the shadows for over 80 years. And so we do know that even though it's a $25 billion legal market today, um, you know, we believe that it's an 80 to $100 billion in the United States if you include the illicit and black market. And so in, in many respects, we're just turning the light on and we're moving customers who have been in the shadows into the light while introducing new products, new form factors um, that have that are just you know, efficacious for a variety of consumers, whether they're battling um, depression or anxiety, having trouble sleep. Um, these are, and also just recreational. And so these are a number of ways that co companies uh, know is going on. And I think the ones that are really forward looking in and leading into this trend are going to be the big winners. Um, you know, you talk about big tobacco, I mentioned before, big pharma, all of these companies, and, and probably just to give some context on me and why I'm here, now I've been an active investor and advisor uh, for over 20 years. Um, you know, like many, I started out as a banker on Wall Street and then moved over to the buy side, investing throughout the private equity and hedge fund uh, world, you know, focused on both public and private companies, you know, undergoing transformative change. Um, from startups to legacy turnarounds that are at the intersection of what I call both internal change, uh, influenced by some rapid secular uh, change. And so, you know, while I've been lucky to do many things over the years, you know, the consistent thread is that I've been laser focused on, on trying to help management teams, um, you know, mostly in the consumer industry, really help catalyze this change. And so, you know, why I'm here is, you know, many of the companies, I'm going back a decade now, maybe not so long for publicly traded companies, but all of these consumer companies across the board, from food and beverage to leisure to hospitality to CPG, um, they're all studying the cannabinoid space. Uh, they're all getting ready. There are some companies that are more forward-leaning, like Turning Point, who want to make a stamp on the industry now. Um, but I believe, and I firmly believe, that when the federal legalization and who knows when that actually happens, but when it does occur, um, pretty much every single household name that we know and love uh, will be in this space because they have to. And so that, that's kind of my answer to that question on how, why Turning Point is here and why we think others will be very closely behind upon federal legalization. I, I'm, I think that's great. You know, like, like, thinking about like, you know, what your experience has been and how that, how you're bringing that to apply to the cannabis industry. Cause I think you're really spot on. And I want to dive a little bit more deeply into the actual customer trends that your, your consumer trends that you're seeing, because like you, you mentioned there, you guys know the zigzag consumer really, really well. Cause you, you, you own that. Um, so I'm wondering if you can expand on more of what you've seen, cause you guys have like really interesting strategic investments, especially in this vaporizing space. Um, I was going through your deck, you got, uh, you know, Dosis, Marley, Old Pal, those kinds of things. So I'm wondering, like, can you expand a little bit more on that? 
Yeah, sure. So we have a handful of very specific cannabinoid investments. Um, you know, I'll just list them really quickly. We have an investment in, in wild hemp, which makes um, hemp cigarettes sold in the Sea Store Channel. Uh, we have an investment in Dosist, which is a higher-end vape and edible business, um, which was innovative in their approach to precise dosing, which we think is going to be really uh, critical down the line as we think about use cases, whether it's in the pharma or um, for those less um, you know, well-versed consumers who are new to the category. Uh, we made an investment in, in a company called Old Pal, which uh, we made an investment in, in June of this year. Old Pal is, is a fascinating company. They are a, um, a cannabis company focused on the value flower category. Um, and very similar to what we've seen in, in the tobacco world, they, they really pioneered the roll your own. And so their, their packaging, although they've expanded into other form factors, um, you know, originated with a, a pack of, of pre-ground cannabis with, uh, with papers inside. Um, and so from, from our approach, we're really trying to blanket brands um, and we could talk about what brands mean to us, but but allow us to diversify away from the traditional smoking uh, form factor, um, but also gives us points of um, distribution and products across form factors in cannabis, from vape to edibles to flower, like I mentioned, um, but also um, also different types of customer segmentation. I think definitely expanding on brands would be would be great because it's still so early in the space right now where we haven't seen like that that Coca Cola type brand emerge yet. But it seems like everybody we talk to is ready for it. Everybody like knows that behemoth is coming. So we'd love to hear the turning points um, perspective on this. Yeah, so that's a, that's a common theme. It's it's too early. Brands will, you know. I think the the consensus today is that brands will eventually matter. Um, uh, in in our opinion, you know, the if you kind of peel back the onion and you think about where the money today is being made inside cannabis, you know, for the most part, you know, this industry has been. Uh, structured from a to be vertically integrated across most states, and so the MSOs or the single state operators are really managing the entire chain from seed to sale, um, and 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 because of that, the way they're structured, there really hasn't been a necessity to have brands, and that's for a few reasons. One, for many states, especially ones that have been. Uh, recently lit up, whether it's in Massachusetts or soon to be New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, um, the, it, these markets have been so supply constrained. And because the uh, multi-state operator uh, controls the market, there really isn't, there hasn't been a great incentive to create brands, especially away from the MSO, uh, because they control the market. And so what you've seen, particularly in, uh, you know, markets that are more mature, like California, Colorado, Oregon, um, are a, a number of brands that um, some, you know, have been making significant progress and, and some haven't. And I think the reality is, is that, you know, a lot of these brands, unfortunately, won't probably make it 
um, but a lot will. And so the ones that we are focused on, at the end of the day, how do you create a brand that's 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 very valuable? From our perspective, you have to have the ability to be to provide a very consistent product and experience. And I also think you have to know your customer. Uh, you know, one of the things that we saw early on, and we fr frankly still see it today, we see a lot of cannabis brands, uh, you know, selling cannabis products without really thinking deeply about, A, who's using that product, um, you know, B, the form factor, and whether that, that consumer is going to follow that brand throughout the experience. Um, and, and we think that is changing. We see, uh, we see more and more brands commanding market share in certain categories. And, uh, you know, you're starting to see MSOs take note of that, whether it's, uh, you know, a green thumb making a strategic investment in can or air wellness making an acquisition of Levia on the beverage space. Uh, we just saw Canopy Growth and, and, um, and uh, Awana uh, gummies, you're starting to see both, you know, the brands that are winning win more. And we're starting to see a pivot uh, on behalf of the MSOs who are really trying to build a house of brands. And, and Turning Point's view is let's get a collection of the best brands. And hopefully, um, you know, we have a few in that portfolio that are, that are, that are winners. Um, you guys are based in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, right? We, okay. yeah, we're, we're headquartered in Kentucky. We have uh, our marketing and, and our, our new gen businesses in, in, um, in Santa Monica. Oh, that's uh, my neighborhood. Corporate office. Okay. <laughs> we have a corporate office in uh, Connecticut and our, and our, uh, we also have an office in Miami. So I was going to just ask the question, you know, from a, from a cultural standpoint in Louisville, you're in the heart of tobacco row tobacco land there. Uh, what is the feeling on the ground? And I know that the, the farm bill was, was huge, um, you know, for that state and something that Mitch McConnell <laughs> could get himself behind. Um, what is it like there operating a, you know, a cannabis business or, or par parts of a cannabis business in that environment? Uh, well, listen, you know, this, this, the company has been around a long time. Um, like I mentioned at the outset, you know, we're trying to be a leading player in the active space. So whether it's nicotine or CBD or THC, you know, we're all, we're all pulling the same oar. Um, you know, the, the team has been, uh, you know, we've been consistently adding new perspectives, uh, both, you know, from top down um, at the board level, all the way down in, into the organization to get fresh ideas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think working for Turning Point and, and not having uh, a view that, you know, let's, let's stick on cannabinoids, for instance, um, we, we clearly see a path to legalization, um, you know, from, from our perspective and, and certainly mine, um, you know, we just think that this is uh, an industry that has clear societal benefits, you know, from job creation, we're helping unwinding, unwind, you know, 50 years of systemic racism and, you know, an endless war on drugs. Uh, we think the cannabinoid space is a real solution to the opioid crisis. It provides uh, therapy for many health issues. 
Um, and, and, you know, frankly, it's helping raise, you know, much needed funds for our government. And so, you know, while it's still taboo and, and, and potentially it garners a, a chuckle from, from the in-laws, you know, I'm very confident uh, that what I'm doing personally, as well as what Turning Point's doing is, you know, we're moving the industry forward, which is a good thing. And, you know, professionally, since I know this is a, a professional podcast, you know, eh, this debatable. Is <laughs> debatable. debatable how professional okay. we are. <laughs> but, um, you know, like this is, it's really exciting to be part of a, a new industry. It's clearly one of the fastest growing industries in, in, in the United States. Um, like I mentioned, we're on, we're on track to surpass you know, $25 billion. And, um, you know, I think over the next, call it 10, 20 years, it's going to be enormously exciting uh, as we think about the companies and the brands that are going to require significant capital investment and consolidation, which I think is going to be a real unique opportunity to, to really move the needle uh, of culture. And, and it's exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, let, let's stick on that, the, the growth of the industry, because, you know, there's going to be a number of states that have already passed cannabis, like New York, New Jersey, I believe Virginia as well on that list, but they haven't fully opened up the markets like Ann and I are used to here on the West Coast. But I, I think part of that is like everybody's just gearing up for the East Coast to to really get in part of this. And so, um, you know, how how does Turning Points approach those new markets? What are your guys' thoughts on, you know, once those do open up? Sure. So um, there's a number of ways I can answer this. You know, it's number one from our core business. Again, we're already in all 50 states and Canada. So, you know, from our perspective, sure, we're definitely going to see or likely going to see a bump in states that have recently turned on. Um, and and that's, that's based on precedent. You know, we see, again, we see it in the data. We see what happens to our business when, you know, when Massachusetts went, went legal, for instance, um, and number of states. But, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut uh, are going to be absolutely enormous markets. Um, you know, I think, in my view, uh, when New Jersey turns on, which is looking like it's going to be the first one of the, of the tri-state uh, later, or, or later in next year, uh, you know, I think it's a $2 billion overnight uh, market. And if you think about the uh, access to that market from crossing bridges and tunnels, um, I, I just think that this New Jersey is going to be, is going to wildly surprise uh, many people in the industry uh, and quickly become one of the, the top selling states. Um, as from our perspective, we're doing a number of things to prepare for that. Um, you know, I mentioned some of the strategic investments that we've made. You know, one of the unique things, and I'll just take Old Pal for a second. You know, one of the unique things about Old Pal that attracted us, um, their brand recognition and their brand equity in states that they're actually not in today is exceptionally strong. Um, they're, it's, we've spent a number, <laughs> Tons of time trying to figure this out. Uh, Old Pal is in eight states today. Uh, they started in California and Venice, as you guys know. Um, they're in eight today. They just got into Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. Um, and so they're definitely gearing up 
for what looks to be uh, a very healthy market uh, in the East Coast. They have a brand licensing model where they're effectively selling the brand and packaging to, to operators. So it's very easy for them to scale up and down uh, newly lit states, which is not exactly the same for companies that have to stand up infrastructure uh, in every state in order to sell. Um, we think that that's a much tougher model. Um, and so, you know, that's just one way for us to get ready. But if you think about, you know, where we are, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, I think everyone thinks, you know, it's human nature to always uh, under underestimate or underappreciate, you know, how far we've come and, and really get frustrated, you know, what what we're front what we're facing now, whether it's in Congress, legalization, et cetera. And so, you know, what I like to do and is just kind of take stock uh, of where we are, right? And so Prop 215 was passed in California 25 years ago. And from 1996 to 2012, for 16 years, we had 16 medical states come online. And importantly, which was the catalyst, Colorado and Washington became the first rec markets. So from 2012 to today, so less than you know 10 years, we've seen 30 states go medical, and we now have 17 or 18 rec markets and, and a lot more to come. And so and not only are we seeing states cascade, the time of states going from purely medical to both medical and rec is drastically shrinking. You know, California took 20 years. Massachusetts took four. Um, so, you know, while it's easy to, to point the finger and say, I, you know, I wish it was, it was legal and I wish we had this and that and we had banking and we didn't have 280E and all the things that uh, make us in the industry operate with one hand tied behind our back. The reality is we've come a very long way in a, in a relatively short period of time. And I just think you've got to take the long game and, and um, you know, be really optimistic about, you know, what this industry looks like, um, you know, in 5, 10, 15 years, because I, I just think it's going to be um, really eye-opening. I love your optimism and your point of view, because I think, especially on this podcast, we dig into like just the shit of like, you know, <laughs> we just get punched and like, you know, and, and it's, and it's hard. And sometimes it's, it's demoralizing. And, but you, you are, you're right. Like this is, um, you know, we are taking huge steps forward and, and it's a really, really wonderful way to think about it. So if you were to take that optimism um, and we're sitting in this, in, in this chair 10 years from now, are we, are we federally legal and how did we get there? 10 years. 10 years. Uh, I mean, I, if, if I knew the answer to that question, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be talking to you. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I believe, you know, my base case is that we'll, we'll see federal legalization in the next five years. But uh, the reality is, is that the inner workings of Congress are complicated. Um, there are emotions involved. And, you know, the reality is that, and, and I think this is this, uh, a reflection of the political environment in general, regardless of what side you sit on. Um, I think there's an overwhelming frustration uh, in Washington with things just not getting done. Uh, with respect to cannabinoids, you know, what's, what's probably most frustrating uh, is that this is no longer a red versus blue issue. 
Um, this is one issue that we can actually all agree on. Um, you know, I saw the other day Texas, I mean, we're talking about Texas here, um, you know, over 50% now support legalization. Uh, so, you know, my view is that, yes, you know, I could see legalization soon, um, but I honestly, I don't know. And so what happens if it doesn't happen, I think is the biggest, bigger, potentially even better question. And, you know, I think, I think the reality is that regardless of, of, you know, Republican or Democrat, that the consistent view is that they want uh, effectively the states to, you know, control that process, so to speak. And so I, I consistently, or I consistently believe that we're going to just can see more states cascade into legalization. And whether it's the social issues that I mentioned, um, I, I think at the end of the day, money uh, talks. And, and I think, you know, once New Jersey lights up, uh, it's going to be a mad rush inside New York and Connecticut to get them online. Um, and it's also going to uh, cause uh, legislators to, to look at their own uh, state regulations as it relates to bordering states. So today, for instance, if you look at some of the top selling dispensaries in the United States, they tend to be, uh, you know, right on the border, right? So look at the states, uh, you know, look at the dispensaries that are just over the border of Connecticut and New York that are in, in Massachusetts. Illinois. Yeah, they're, they're massive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, once, you know, for instance, Connecticut goes and it has been approved, but once it gets turned on, that consumer is no longer going to take a 30, 45 minute drive across the border. He or she can now get that product and medicine in his or her own state. And so that creates very healthy competition among states. And so I really think regardless of federal legalization, you're going to continue to see the states press forward and make the choice uh, and choices that, you know, maximize, um, you know, what they want to ultimately say. Yeah, I think it's interesting that from it. I'm from New Jersey too, so I'm super excited to Me hear uh, your. Oh, yeah, yeah, West Long Branch, Monmouth County. All right, um, where are you from? East Brunswick. Oh, and, nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I and I think it's and I now live in in California in Los Angeles, and I think. In, uh, you know, uh, coming from the East Coast, there's just smaller states. So it's not that big of a deal to go to New York or Pennsylvania or Connecticut. Whereas if I'm in California, like it's a big damn deal if I'm driving to Oregon or what, like you just don't do that. So I think once these like the borders are condensed, you know, your point is is well taken that, you know, New York's not going to want to see that that tax revenue, you know, marched across the, the border to New Jersey. Um, so, you know, let's 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 hope new jersey is the fire that uh that needs to be lit under mm -hmm. the butts of all these other states and, and pennsylvania it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah there are going to be a lot of pressures on states to respond for in my sure opinion. All right, let's let's shift gears a little bit off politics because you know I can only stand so much of that in this day and age. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. But, uh, Amen. Part part of what uh, you know, you guys got some exciting news that you're going to be announcing this week. Um, so we want to touch out on it here. It's the launch of Zigzag Studio. Um, I believe you said earlier that it's going to be launching tomorrow. So can you tell us what is Zigzag Studio and and why you guys are launching this? Well, and tomorrow we're recording on November 30th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're 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 really excited about this. We're we're launching it on the 
the 1st of December in the event that this doesn't get published for a bit. Um, you know, Zigzag Studio uh, is a, at, at its core is a media platform that uh, will illuminate talented creatives, innovators, and disruptors from numerous industries through branded videos and content. Um, and in addition to creating our own proprietary content, we're going to uh, use that platform to you know, really launch exclusive limited edition merchandise and collaborations uh, with the ZigZag brand that you know, we think uh, will benefit the brand over the long term. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's really, really exciting. If you, if you think about you know, what ZigZag is today versus where the brand was, you know, call it three or five years ago, we've made a very concerted effort to really personify this brand and, and, and capitalize on the fact that we are 150 year, years old and we have that iconic heritage. Um, and we've been in the, effectively in the cannabis accessory space the entire time. And so we have a very unique voice that's authentic, um, that's trusted. And, you know, a number of our consumers uh, really rely on ZigZag to, uh, as, 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 a, as culture. And so we want to be part of that and really showcase the brand and the people who love our products. And, and, and we're very excited about this rollout. So where can people find access to it? Yeah, sure. So you can go to zigzag.com. Um, so if you're listening today, it'll be kind of a splash page and it'll be launched tomorrow where uh, we'll have all our exclusive content and our merchandise, like I mentioned. We also have a, a ZigZag YouTube channel where we have a, a lot of content going up now. Uh, we have a couple of uh, really fascinating playlists, music playlists, um, which are great. Uh, we have um, Munchy Mondays, which is a which is an online program for for eating with with uh, influencers in the LA area. Um, but it's it's a really unique time. This is this initiative is is company wide, but it's been really been run by our Santa Monica team, and uh, which as you as you can appreciate are are really you know their their fingers are on the heartbeat are on the pulse of, of what's happening in this industry. And, and again, we're really excited to participate and, and, and showcase the brand as well as the people who love it. So in addition to ZigZag Studio, uh, which sounds very cool, and we'll make sure that we put a link in our show notes there. Uh, what else are you looking forward to uh, next year? Specific to Cannabinoids or just overall with Turning Point? Specific to Scott Grossman. <laughs> um, you know, for, for Turning Point, you know, the future is, is bright. Um, you know, there are really two parts to, let me just take zigzag since we are a cannabis-focused show. Uh, there are really two parts of the story. You know, one, we have a, an incredibly strong secular tailwind, which, which we've talked about, um, again, driven by increased cannabis consumption. Um and really the changing perception of, of, of and, and the shedding of the stigma. So we think that's really exciting. And two, you know, there's this self-help aspect. I just went into the ZigZag studios, but, you know, the management team, and again, I can't take credit for it because I'm relatively new, but, you know, we've really fundamentally changed the growth profile of the business through our own initiatives, um, launching innovative products, whether it's cones, 
Um, we have a number of new initiatives coming out. We bought a, a cigar asset earlier this year. And so we'll be launching more zigzag branded uh, cannabis accessories. Um, we're focused on the wrap, whether it's natural leaf or HTL. Um, we, we just have a lot going on inside the company. Um, luckily, we're in an industry that's growing. Uh, and so we tend to say no more often than yes, which which tends which which is hard and at times distracting. So we have to stay laser focused on really what we're trying to do. But yeah, I'm really excited. It's a, there's a lot we can do, and and I think you'll see uh, a lot more out of us that um, you know that speaks to um, you know some of the initiatives that we've been candidly working on for a couple of years that are that are finally coming to uh, fruition. And, and we'll we'll be uh, sure to be following you guys closely over the the next couple of years because does sound like you guys got a lot of exciting stuff going on and you know as the the brands become you know the rulers of the cannabis industry we're definitely gonna want to have you back on Scott and and talk about what Turning Point's doing and just get your perspective on the, on the growth of the industry but this has been this has been great thank you so much for joining us today yeah absolutely happy to do it. Our thanks again to Scott Grossman, the Vice President of Corporate Development for Turning Point Brands. They trade on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker TPB. Check them out at turningpointbrands.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast, or we love your emails. Email us at greenrush at kcsa.com. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to The Green Rush in your favorite podcatcher. That's one take, Shay, one take.